The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Portland, Oregon, Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Washington, D.C. I can go on and on and on. We are seeing our cities being ripped apart, being ripped apart by rioters, looters. This is America, folks. What happened to can't we just all get along? What happened to Democrats and Republicans and Green Party members being able to find some common ground? (laughs) Independence. What happened to the American dream, right, in these cities? And what is going on with our media that's exacerbating this problem? And what is going on with our lawmakers? Our lawmakers that are supposed to be there for their constituents, for their constituents, and they are not. They are not. Look at what's happening in Portland. How many days, how many months have these rioters and looters been out in the streets and now, and now another person shot and killed Saturday night, lost their life. I mean, I'm looking at this story right here at SarahACarter.com. That's without an H. Go to SarahACarter.com for the latest stories. And right here, you know, this alleged Portland shooter identifies himself as 100% Antifa. Jenny Terror and I were out. We were out in the streets. We were actually in Washington, D.C. on Friday when the marches started. And we saw people there from, you know, Black Lives Matter, of course, um, the uh, other groups that, that were extremist groups, Antifa. We actually saw a few Antifa members. For the most part during the day, it wasn't that bad. People were out there, they were protesting, they were saying their peace. That's America. That's what we're here to do. I mean, we're we're able to gather as people and peacefully protest and make our thoughts known. That's a democracy. That's what we're supposed to do. Right? But then it starts to escalate. And then it gets worse. And it gets worse. And it gets worse. And we're seeing that happen across the board. I'm looking at this story right now, and the tragedy here is that this shooter in Portland that describes himself as 100% Antifa, he killed a Trump supporter by the name of Aaron J. Danielson. And a lot of folks were talking about it. The president retweeted uh, his name and a quick excerpt about him on Twitter and rest in peace, you know, rest in peace, Aaron J. Danielson. I mean... Imagine what his family went through that night. Imagine what his friends went through that night. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, a 17-year-old kid with a long arm kills two, kills two people, and then shoots another. 
And we all saw the video. I think most of us did. He's just walking down the street, like with his, you know, his hands held up in the air, getting ready to turn himself into cops. And in the fog of war, the police are like, move out of the way. And and obviously they they didn't realize he was the killer because there were a lot of people, militia style people going to protect their businesses and going to protect their homes, you know, doing what they thought was right. But then you have a kid. You know, and we don't know what happened there directly, but he killed people. What is happening to us? What is happening to our nation? And why are we allowing it to happen? Why are we allowing it to happen? Why aren't they stopping it? Why isn't the mayor of Portland stopping it? Even when President Trump has said, look, I'm going to get you help. Let's get federal officers out there. Law and order, law and order. We cannot afford for this to get any worse, because we have an election coming up, right? November, how much worse will this get? I'm talking to federal officers out there. I'm talking to people at the DHS. I'm talking to people, former FBI, current. You know what they're all worried about? That this is going to get far worse come November. And what if, whatever happens on election day, whether President Trump is reelected to office or Biden, What is going to happen to our country if we don't stop the escalation of this violence? I want to play you a clip. This is Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. Completely, completely lying right here. I mean, he is responsible for what is happening in his city. He's trying to put the blame on Trump, but I want you to hear this clip where he says he's always thinking of what more he could do. This is a this is a time when this generation is being called to rise up and um, I, you know, I ask myself, what more do I need to do at each and every moment? And sometimes, honestly, I have found myself coming up short. And when I come up short, I acknowledge it, I admit it, and then I move on. I fix what needs to be fixed, and I work with whoever I need to work with to make things right. And that's the path that we're on. Okay. Don't believe it for one minute. What more do I need to do? These folks, like Mayor Wheeler, you know what you can do? You can actually accept the help of the federal government, put a stop to what is happening in the city of Portland, because guess what? A lot of your constituents and their businesses are suffering. People are dying. This is out of control. And you're politicizing it. You are politicizing it. Think about this, folks. We haven't even heard a peep. Not really at all. Of the guy who's running against our president. Yeah, that guy. Joe Biden, the former vice president. And his vice presidential pick, Kamala Harris. Oh, well, no, wait, we did hear from Kamala Harris throughout this process of all of these riots. Remember, she was asking for donations to get people out of jail. So basically bail. So that's what Kamala Harris, that was her big, I guess, contribution to trying to resolve the crisis is get people out of jail, right? Bail them out. Here, here's a donation, right? Right. As our cities are burning. And who are the people that are affected most by this? Don't be fooled. This isn't about targeting upper class white people in white rich neighborhoods. This is happening in neighborhoods and in cities, which uh, uh, urban cities, which have small businesses, minority owned small businesses, communities that are dependent on these small grocery stores, on these businesses, on their livelihoods, on their homes. And people are dying. What about the police officer that just died? What about the police officer that was killed? He was black. 
He was African-American. What about the thin blue line? Huh? What about them? What about our first responders? The people that are called to help us when we need them most? How did we turn against them? How are we turning our children against them? You and I both know, you and I both know, as you're sitting there at home and you watch these instigators on the left, these leftist liberal extremists, because that is what they are, and those are the same instigators that are in the universities that many of you have paid tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars for your children to be educated. Thank you very much. Your children are now Marxists. You have paid hundreds of thousands of dollars so that your children can be Marxists and socialists and grow up to hate America. Awesome. Just wonderful, isn't it? Just makes you wonder how infiltrated we have been. When you see this on the streets, you have to ask yourself that. Why aren't kids like screaming mad about, or even feminists, about the torture that women receive in other parts of the world? Like, oh, Afghanistan, where they get their noses cut off and their ears cut off, or when they set themselves on fire because they're forced into marriage. Or countries like, oh, I don't know, even Russia, where, you know, the FSB, um, a continuation of the KGB, right, from its old Soviet days, just walks right into Vladivostok once a year and just eliminates a number of people without any judicial remedies. I mean, this is just like, that's a bad guy to me, Vladimir Putin, and I want him out. So let's send them into Vladivostok and let's do a killing, a night of killing. And when people wake up in the morning, people are all dead. Check it out. It happens. It happens. Why aren't our kids out in the streets fighting for freedom? I mean, how cool is freedom? Remember Vaclav Havel when he was released from uh, prison in Czechoslovakia? Remember that? Because he spent all his time in prison. No, you might not remember that. Read about him and how he fought for freedom from his prison cell every single day that he was there with his writings. And when he became president of the Czech Republic, how he exalted freedom because he was living under the thumb of the former Soviets. You guys, we have to look at what's happening to our nation. I mean, I look at the news and what I'm seeing is like Venezuela, Cuba before the revolution. Our children are out there asking for a revolution. They want to defund the police. We have people like Ilhan Omar in office, Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders. I can go on and on. These are Marxist socialists with really bizarre, even more far out ideas than even the past, than we've ever seen. And our kids think it's cool. They want to believe in something, right? We were out there. They want something to believe in. But why aren't they believing in the amazing coolness of freedom? I mean, that's what everybody's been talking about, right? They were talking about the horrors of being enslaved in the past. Yes, true, horrible, 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 horrible. Nobody should ever be a slave. Nobody should ever be treated like they're not human by another group of people. That is unacceptable and wrong. And the, in our past history, we have seen how wrong that is. But then why give up freedom? I mean, everybody fought for it, right? 
Everybody wants to be free. Now, why do you want to be under the thumb of a tyrannical government? Oh, wait, let me give you everything. No, 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 no. I don't need to work for myself. I don't need to do that. As long as you give me medical care, as long as you do this, as long as you do that, guess what? As long as a government provides everything for you, which is really nothing, all they're doing is trying to control you. As long as that happens, you are their slave. They own you. They own you. They own your vote. They own where you go. They own what you do. They own everything about you. That's the reason why the fundamentals of this country, this nation, based on a constitution that gives us the right to be free, is the coolest concept on planet Earth. It's like so cool, there's nothing cooler. Nothing. There is no cooler thing than being free and having liberty. As a human being, there's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. Ask anyone who's overcome imprisonment. Ask anyone who sits in a prison. And the reason I brought up Vaclav Havel in that piece of history is because he said, even in his mind, while he was imprisoned, his mind was free. He had to work that way. But our kids are now willing to give it up. And they're willing to tear down this nation, some of them. And they don't even know why. They don't even understand that they are being manipulated, that they are being toyed with, that they have been brainwashed by decades and decades of this ideology. And I want you to think about that. I want to play you one clip, and this is, um, a, a, you were going to have uh, Congressman Jody Heiss on today. I'm so excited. You know, he's with the, um, he's on the ranking member of a subcommittee on national security for the House oversight committee. But before I get to him, I want to play um, a couple of things. First, I want to talk to you a little bit about the rioters in D.C. And this was on Sunday night where they were yelling to people out of your homes and onto the streets. Out of your homes and into the streets! Out of your homes and into the streets! Out of your homes and into the streets! Out of your homes and into the streets. I want to tell you really quickly a story that my mom told me when Fidel took power in Cuba and she said she was sitting on her front porch and one of her close friends in the neighborhood, just a really close friend that she grew up with had become an adamant Fidel Castro supporter. My mom was not at all. And my mom was sitting on the porch and her friend walked by all geared out, all in her Fidel, whatever they wore uniforms, trying to look like they were supporters of the revolution. And she handed my mom a poster of Fidel Castro. And she said, put that poster up on your door because Fidel's parade is going to come through town tomorrow. And my mom said, my mom actually said she started smoking that day. I have to throw that in because that was, I always thought that was an interesting part of the story. She was sitting with someone else. She grabbed a cigarette from them. Not good nowadays. Do not, do not smoke. It's horrible for you. But she grabbed a cigarette, probably under the stress of it all, and said, I refuse to put anything up of Fidel Castro. I don't believe a word he says. He is not my leader, and I don't need you to pressure me into doing that at all. Her friendship ended that day with that woman that she grew up with in her neighborhood. But I want you to think about what just happened in the streets of Washington, D.C., where people are disrupting people's sleeps, going up to their home, telling them to get out of their house, you know, making them feel like they're not, that they don't belong there, that for some reason their hard work 
and buying those homes and refurbishing the neighborhoods was somehow wrong? You know, this is Marxist thought. This is Marxist ideology. And what we were seeing in those streets of Washington, D.C. is very similar to what people saw in Venezuela, what people saw in Cuba, what people see all over the world. I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about the fact that you can no longer remain silent. People, you cannot just turn your head to what is happening here. I'm not asking you to do anything wrong. I'm not asking you to go out in the streets. I'm not asking you to do what they're doing. What I'm asking you to do is to stand up and say, look, there is nothing greater than freedom. And we are not going to give that up. Not for you or anyone else. And if your kids are in college, I don't even care if it's Harvard or Yale, and you think that's going to make them look great, you know, on a resume. If their professors are communists, you need to go down to that school and say, I'm pulling my kid out and I'm not going to pay you another dime unless you balance out this university and put your kid somewhere else. People will be fine. I went to Cal Poly Pomona. I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't need to go to Yale or Princeton or Harvard. Yeah. And I saved a lot of money, too. Guess what I did? And I feel great about it. I feel great. I look back and I wouldn't go anywhere else. Think about what you do and think about how you do it. Before we get to Congressman Jody Heiss, I am so excited because I get to talk about Job Creators Network. This is so exciting because they're they're actually my friends. I actually really love these folks. They do so much for small businesses across America. Folks, this is the most important election in our history. How many times have I said this over and over again on the podcast? Our way of life is on that ballot. As we watch the far-left radicals burn down our cities and attack our police, our free enterprise system, our constitution, and our history, I cannot stress this enough. We also know this 2020 election is about one thing, turnout. Our opponents have their get-out-the-vote machine. We need a massive get-out-the-vote effort of our own. And our friends at Job Creators Network are doing just that. I want you to listen to this. It's simple. Go to 10for20.com and take the 10 for 20 pledge. You'll receive a link that'll give you the most trusted voting information and tools that you can use to become part of the largest conservative get-out-the-vote effort ever. And I'm not joking. This is the largest conservative Get out the vote effort ever at 10for20.com. You'll be asked to send a message to 10 people you know who care about America. Do it. Do it. If you care, don't remain silent and ask them to commit to sign the pledge too. family and neighbors, church and work friends to join this army for freedom. Go to 10for20.com and take the pledge now. Don't let our opponents outwork us. Don't let them do it. Go to 10for20.com now and do your part. 10-F-O-R, the number 20, dot com. Congressman Heiss, thank you so much for being on the Sarah Carter Show. Um, I have so much I want to ask you, and I want to start off right at the top. You are the ranking member um, on the Subcommittee for National Security uh, under the House Oversight. And the very first question I have for you is what's happening here in our country, our national security? Um, it feels like it's at risk. I, I'm watching what's happening in some of our major urban cities, Portland, Oregon, Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, Chicago, Illinois, here in Washington, D.C. I was able to see uh, that for myself this weekend. Uh, what's happening here? What can we do? 
Yeah, it's unbelievable what we're watching. And unfortunately, a national security issue has become political. And so you've got uh, the, the president, obviously, for three months has been trying to stand for the rule of law and encourage governors and mayors to stand up to the rule of law. But because he has taken that position, it appears that that in itself is reason enough for these mayors and and governors to resist and to sit back and do absolutely nothing while domestic terrorists are taking over our streets and seizing portions of communities and cities. It is absolutely unbelievable what's happening, and the Democrats' response is let's defund the police. It's just absolute insanity that's taking place, and we must restore the the rule of law in this country. And, and discontinued the allowance, the permission mm-hmm. of these domestic terrorists to have their way. I couldn't agree with you more. I, when you're thinking about Portland, for example, and Mayor Ted Wheeler and the statements that he has made trying to deflect from his horrible decision making, his city is falling apart, it's imploding on itself, and he turns and he tries to put the blame on President Trump, who is offered over and over again to assist him in cleaning up and bringing back law and order to the citizens of Portland, because we know not all the citizens of Portland are out there rioting. I mean, this is a group of people that has basically taken the city hostage. Well, that's right. And you, you do obviously have some peaceful protesters involved in this. Right. But in the midst of it all, without question, there are uh, just not only bad actors, absolutely domestic terrorists who are involved in this. And, uh, and it's coming from Antifa. It's coming from uh, BLM leftists. Uh, and in many regards, the very base of the Democratic Party. And for them then to have the gall to point a finger at the president who for months has been trying to restore the rule of law without any cooperation or help from these uh, civic leaders is not only the height of hypocrisy, uh, it just shows how much they are in cahoots with the the uh, domestic activities of terror that have been taking place. Let's talk about that for a minute, because that's a really important subject that has come up over and over again. We know Acting Director um, Chad Wolf of DHS has said, look, they should be designated Antifa as a domestic terrorist organization. We have heard direct threats by Antifa members uh, to the President of the United States. You'll have people on the opposing side saying, well, you know, Antifa is just kind of a hodgepodge of people running around in the city um, you know, running around with bats, tools, uh, helmets, uh, threatening others um, and and threatening the safety and actually being involved right now in a, one of them in a murder of, of a man in Portland. How do we how do you deal with that on a like as a lawmaker? What can be done in order to get that type of designation? Um, and and can it be done? Well, I don't know why it cannot be done. Uh, The actual process of how it goes through, uh, I'm not sure exactly who all is involved in that. Uh, Obviously, you know, it would be the Department of Defense or Department of Justice, the administration, uh, FBI, perhaps. There would be uh, different agencies involved in actually making that kind of designation. But there is no question whatsoever in my mind, that that designation needs to happen. It should have already happened by now. I mean, ask the Danielson family if Mm -hmm. this is an act of terror or not. Here's a fellow just walking down the street and murdered in cold blood, uh, and and we have video of it, fortunately. 
But, yeah, we, we have uh, businesses that have been uh, looted, uh, arson that's taking place, properties obviously destroyed, individual lives destroyed, businesses destroyed, and we're sitting back watching this. Uh, that is totally unacceptable. And uh, while the president has been offering time and again assistance to help these uh, cities, uh, they've been refusing and sitting back doing absolutely nothing about it and, in fact, trying to pass the blame. And that's not going to happen. I mean, the American people see what's taking place. They see the mayors and the governors resisting to do anything to restore the rule of law. And I I think it's obviously going to come back to hurt them tremendously in November. But in the meantime, we have individual citizens whose lives and businesses and property need to be protected. Absolutely. And you just brought up November. There are 63 days left until the election, Congressman. And I am hearing from federal law enforcement officials that I'm speaking to, even former FBI, um, others that are watching the situation across the country and their big concern is that this is going to get far worse before it gets better. And especially um, around election time, uh, there is now uh, kind of an an ad being thrown out all over social media among Antifa and uh, BLM uh, organizers saying that they want to occupy Washington, D.C. starting September 17th, that this occupation is going to last until, uh, you know, 50 days, so through the election. And now, you know, when we were in Washington, D.C. this weekend, there were actually threats being made at the president uh, by 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 people out there trying to rile up the crowd, saying that they were going to go into the White House and, and pull the president out. They were going to burn the White House down. Um, so I'm very concerned about all of this. What what are you most concerned about? I mean, I know we're worried about voter fraud and we're worried about what could happen with that. But do you think that these leftist groups and the failure of the Democrats to hold people accountable could put us in a situation where people will lose their lives? Well, I mean, they keep pushing the buttons for that to take place. And I guarantee you, if they make that kind of attempt in Washington, uh, it, it it will not be tolerated. Uh, and that's just uh, to be underscored. That type of behavior will not be tolerated in Washington, D.C., and it shouldn't be tolerated anywhere in our country. This is uh, criminal activity. And what is the point of having laws Uh, If we are not going to uh, abide by them, if we are going to allow people to continue acting as terrorists and we sit back and do absolutely nothing about it, we're already seeing people flee from the states uh, where this type of activity and the cities where this type of activity is occurring. And uh, the American people are not going to sit back and tolerate this kind of thing. So, you know, as, as they try to make these kinds of attempts in Washington, uh, I feel very confident that that type of uh, thing is not going to be tolerated, and it will ultimately have a, a huge impact uh, as we get closer to the election, but I, the election itself. And you're right. We have issues with voter fraud mm-hmm. to consider. We've got the domestic terrorist activity taking place. Uh, these are just absolutely unprecedented times in our country. And what stuns me the most is the unwillingness of the left and the Democratic Party to stand up in opposition to this type of activity. I never would have dreamed that we would see the day where the left is willingly uh, uh, willingly sitting back 
and allowing uh, terrorists to take over our cities. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have not heard a lawmaker say it so succinctly as you've just said it right now. And you can see this even before I segue to voter fraud. um, I want to bring up that President Trump wants to go um, tomorrow. So maybe some of you will hear this later for all you listeners out out there about to go to Kenosha, Wisconsin and visit Kenosha. And he's being told, well, you're not welcome. You can't come here. He wants to see what's been going on in Wisconsin for his own eyes. He wants to be a, do the best he can as far as law and order is concerned. Here you have a president who actually really does care about what's happening, and you have a failure on the Democrats. Americans, they're Americans. We should be working together to try to resolve this crisis and quell the violence, and they're not doing it. They're trying to push back against him. They're trying to push the blame on the president. First, I want to ask you, do you think the president should visit Kenosha, Wisconsin? And secondly, um, what do you think his response or how should he re- what do you think the best thing he can do is once he gets there to try to help mitigate any um, more violence in that area? Well, yes, yes, absolutely. I think he should go. I believe the the primary reason that he's being asked not to come is by the, the very fact that his presence highlights the unwillingness of the elected officials of Wisconsin to do anything to address their own problems. And they don't want that to be highlighted. They don't want it to be underscored. And him coming, standing for the rule of law, uh, standing to be committed to offer federal help to put a stop to this type of behavior while the, the mayors and governors of that state sit back and do nothing is only highlighting the worst thing that the Democrats could have highlighted. They they saw it in their own convention. They did nothing to talk about this. Uh, the, of course, the Republican convention talked about it tremendously. The Democrats now realize this is a horrible issue for them, and so they are just trying to prevent the president from coming because it, is, it will only highlight uh, the the problem that they want to sweep under the carpet right now. So the president needs to go. Yes, he needs to be there. He needs to uh, continue what he has been doing for the last several months in in offering help, in standing for the rule of law, in standing for individual lives and businesses and property that's being uh, destroyed, standing for the American people, offering assistance uh, to be there to help. Uh, that's exactly what his message has been. That's what I anticipate it being tomorrow. And by all means, he needs to be there with that message. I think that's very important. And when you brought up these are unprecedented times, they really are, sir. They are unprecedented. And right now, we're seeing um, a lot of issues that we're going to be facing coming up in just 63 days, you know, a little more than two months away before the presidential elections, one of the most important elections, I believe, in modern American history. And we're seeing now um, there's a story. It actually, I believe it came out in the New York Post first, and it was a talk. Democratic operative that talked to the Post on background talking about basically um, mail-in ballots and how voter fraud, uh, he was involved in actually defrauding, defrauding the election system. Now, I can't verify that this person who spoke on background is um, somebody that should be trusted or not, but we're seeing that um, across the board, how dangerous and how susceptible mail-in ballots, not absentee ballots, but mail-in ballots are to voter fraud. I mean, I have friends that just moved here from New York, and their mail ballots have arrived in New York, and their sister, one one of them in particular, started laughing, said her sister called and said she was going to fill out the ballot for her, you know? Um, so so it, it it is 
definitely a concern for a lot of folks. And I was uh, hoping to talk to you a little bit about that and see what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, absolutely. And you did a, a great job by making the distinction between absentee voting and universal mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. They are vastly different. And I don't know of anyone who's opposed to absentee voting. I mean, that's when an individual, for whatever reason, whatever reason, they can't make it to the ballot or they don't want to go there. Perhaps they're scared of COVID uh, and they request a ballot. That individual requests a ballot. A ballot is sent to that individual. We know where it's going. When you're talking about universal mailing in ballots, that's where tens of millions of ballots are just mailed out. And we already know, Sarah, that most states clearly admit that at least 10% of their registered voters list are inaccurate. So we're talking tens of millions of ballots that will be going to Uh, People perhaps who are deceased, who have moved, like the example you just gave, these ballots are going to be going out. The Democrats are already in the HEROES Act that they passed uh, a little over three months ago, forbids states from having any voter ID. So we have these mail-out ballots uh, being sent by the millions and millions, tens of millions. No voter ID, as you referenced, they will be going to someone's address. They will be filled out, and we will have no way of checking who is filling them out, and then there will be ballot harvesting nationally. That is a recipe for absolute disaster in, in destroying the integrity of the American election system. But that is precisely what the Democrats are pushing for. Worst case scenario, Congressman, worst case scenario um, after the elections, if we've got all of these ballots all over the place that we can't verify. Yeah, well, there are going to be lawsuits going, and I believe this is part of what the Democrats want. They want to throw into question the validity of the upcoming election. I believe that they know they are in trouble. President Trump is going to be reelected. They are trying to set the stage now for questioning the validity of the outcome uh, and set it up to where at least there are potential for thousands of lawsuits and delay this thing and to just create as much muddy water as they possibly can. Look at Chairwoman Maloney, her her Mm -hmm. own election in New York. Uh, It took six weeks just to get the results of that one, and there were thousands of ballots, mail-in ballots, that were disqualified for whatever reason. And uh, you, you amplify that across the entire nation, and this is nothing but an enormous recipe for fraud and lawsuits. Couldn't agree with you more. But before I let you go, I have to ask you a question um, about the current crisis with COVID and the lockdowns. I, I know you have a doctorate of ministry from Luther Rice College and Seminary, um, which is to me really fascinating. So you're a man of God, and you have faith. Uh, and there has been an enormous concern over the increase in thoughts of suicide. Um, people can't get to church. You know, the lockdowns have really affected people spiritually. I mean, this is for everyone across the board, not just Christians. I'm sure anybody of any faith, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, but being locked down and so many young people, uh, is there anything that, I mean, at being a man of faith and understanding this, any advice you can give to everyone out there, like how to handle this better or maybe what we need to do in order to get our society back on track somewhat? There's just so much going on. Great question. And yes, listen, I believe whether we're dealing with COVID or whether we're dealing with the rioting, 
uh, issues of racism, whatever it is, you know, at the end of the day, all of this, I believe, is pointing us back to a spiritual problem that we have in our country, that we have in our individual lives. And I believe that we have an almighty, loving God who is ready, willing, and able to reach out uh, and, and to offer forgiveness, to offer hope, to offer healing to our nation. But the more we continue kicking God out of the public square, uh, the further away we are taking ourselves from being able to experience that kind of love and that kind of unity uh, that our nation was founded upon and that which is going to bring healing to us at times such as this. So I just encourage people, those who are people of faith, I encourage them to pray uh, and to ask God to help us navigate through these difficult times. And those who are not people of faith, I encourage them to to at least uh, reach out to God and ask for help in areas that we're unable to help ourselves. And I believe they'll find uh, the, the same thing that I have found, that God is very loving and, and ready, able, and willing to reach out and help us at our time of need when we reach out to Him. And that precisely is our motto in God, we trust. Now I know no, no better time for us to do that. Wow, amen. Thank you so much, Congressman Heiss. This has been a remarkable interview, and I, I hope you come back on the Sarah Carter Show. I, I really enjoyed speaking with you, and I hope I didn't leave anything out that you wanted to talk about. Well, it's been my pleasure to be with you as well, Sarah. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for your voice, and thanks for standing in the gap for millions of Americans. The N-Dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. So there you have it. I mean, we're in unprecedented times, unprecedented times. That's what's happening to our nation. And I couldn't agree more with um, Congressman Heiss on that and uh, just hoping that maybe we'll find some resolution. Well, while I was speaking to the congressman, while I was speaking to him, uh, former Vice President uh, Joe Biden, who is now obviously the Democrats' candidate uh, for presidency, uh, decided he would talk, decided he would speak and uh, about the rioting and the looting and uh, the setting ablaze of our cities across America, the insanity that's happening in our country because frankly the democrats have failed have failed to unify have failed to speak out against it but right now he is and you know apparently he's saying uh you know this is wrong we shouldn't have this looting we shouldn't have this rioting um he spoke highly of uh you know our men and women in blue and talking about law enforcement and basically said that most police officers are good people oh thanks joe biden thanks for Thanks for reminding us of that, that most police officers are good people. Finally, he says something. But as Jenny pointed out, on June 9th, so while he was talking, Jenny Tear is looking this up, looking this up. But on June 9th, you know what Joe Biden said? He said it on CBS. He said there was systemic racism. There was systemic racism in our federal law enforcement and police departments. Yes, there is systemic racism. That is what... Joe Biden said, this is the biggest flip-flopper in political history. That's what he is. He's Biden the flip-flopper, and he doesn't wear flip-flops. Maybe he does. Who knows? But Biden is a flip-flopper. You can just put those right next to each other. 
He's lying to you. And what about Kamala Harris? Remember, I brought this up at the top of the show. She was like, basically, it's still out on Twitter. In June, in June, she was asking people to donate money to bail people out of jail that were rioters, that were looters, that were destroying their communities. These were not peaceful protesters, folks. There are peaceful protesters out there, but these were not. And this is, uh, she's running for vice president with Joe Biden, the flip-flopper. So do you want this? Can you imagine what a White House with Biden flip-flopper and Kamala Harris, let's bail. You know what's so crazy about Kamala Harris? Think about it. She's a flip-flopper too. She's dishonest. There's nothing honest about her. Let's, let's just look at this. First of all, as far as like the African-American community, all you have to do is look at her prosecutorial uh, overreach, right? Overreach. How many people in California, while she was a prosecutor there, she was like throwing them away for smoking pot. But then she came out and said, oh, I inhaled, I smoked pot. It was so much fun. Yeah, okay, well, you should go to jail. So first of all, the way Kamala Harris treated people and put them in jail, mostly minorities, and threw away the key, right? Made their lives miserable. Everyone knows this because it was her biggest problem when she was running. That's why she didn't connect. Um, then she comes out and says, oh, well, I smoked and I inhaled, you know, trying to be cool. It's I, I hate when people do that. It just grosses me out. It's like, stop, stop trying to be something you're not. You probably didn't even inhale. Who knows? But you said you did. So if you did, maybe you should go to jail. You should put yourself in jail, Kamala. And um, and then you have Biden, you know, who doesn't even know where he's at half the time. And now he's going to care. Now he's going to care. You want to know why he cares? Because the polls are shifting on him. Because the polls are shifting. Because people are like, eh, you know what? I don't want to see my business burn down to the ground. Beep, guess what? I don't want an economy completely locked down so uh, my kids can't go to school. So, uh, you know, I'm basically stuck at home with them and then losing my job and basically then losing my house. There is a whole cycle, a whole domino effect, Joe Biden, of everybody being locked down. And we need we need to find answers. I, we talked a little bit about COVID and the situation that is happening in our nation because of the lockdowns and what happened to so many of our people, the suicide rates going up. I mean, we talked about that with Congressman Heiss. And there's some really serious issues here. But you want Mr. Flip-Flopper, Mr. Flip-Flopper, who doesn't, I mean, I, I don't know, and Kamala Harris to be in charge of the United States economy and COVID? No, I know you don't. I know you don't. So you got to get out there and you got to vote in November and you got to speak up and you can no longer remain silent. You have to be the unsilent majority. Just like I've said over and over again, we have to support each other. We have to, we have to support each other. And before I let you go, I want to tell you something because on Twitter and I I did put it out there. um, I did a small video uh, so I could talk directly to everyone. So I could talk directly to you because Twitter now has some kind of crazy algorithm or something that is going on where they're now still showing kind of my tweets, but then you can't click on the story to get into my website. So they made it almost like impossible. It's like some, everybody's been telling me about this. People have been saying they've been noticing this or they just don't see me at all on the news feeds. So remember, this is getting closer to the election. They're going to try to silence conservatives. Um, Facebook always has an issue. 
They're always bringing something up because we did the subgroup, the unsilent majority. Facebook was like, oh, oh my goodness, the unsilent majority. Even though I put Democrats, Republicans, I don't care if you belong to the Green Party. I don't care if you're a libertarian. I don't care if you come from Zimbabwe. Here you can talk and just say what you need to say as long as you're not offensive to anyone. Here is where you will feel supported, where Antifa can't come after you or BLM. They came after me. But think about this, folks. Facebook didn't do that to Black Lives Matter, even though their leadership basically are Marxists, Leninists, you know, uh, they're asking people to go in the streets and riot. They're talking about threatening the president of these United States, about taking him out of the White House and ripping him out. They're all over the place. In fact, they're on Amazon. Every time I turned on my Amazon, I was like, hashtag Black Lives Matter. They were advertising for them. Every time my daughter watched Disney Channel over and over and over again, it was like BLM and everything else, you know, and can we just all get along and put your face mask on? My, my my daughter was literally seven years old, virtue signaling all over the place. She's like, okay, what should I do? Should I stick my mask on and tell everybody that black lives matter and then run outside? I mean, what are we supposed to do when our children are now being brainwashed? I don't know what to say anymore. Of course, every life matters. It doesn't matter whether you're black, white, Chinese, uh, you're from, you know, India, you come from Pakistan, I don't care. You're an alien from outer space. Remember Lou Elizondo? We have him actually coming on the show again this Thursday. I just wanted to throw that in there. It doesn't matter where you're from. Your life matters. If you're a bacteria on a Mars, I'm sure it matters to some other bacteria on Mars. We matter to each other. But this is America. And we have to stand together to fight for freedom. The minute you stay quiet, the minute you allow these extremists into your life and into your home and into your thoughts, and then they tell you what to do, get out of the restaurant, get out of your house. We're going to wake you up. Get out of my neighborhood. I'm going to trash your home. I'm going to blame you for everything that went wrong in my life. That's what they're saying. The minute you allow that to happen, allow those professors to teach all their Marxist ways, allow all of that to happen, and allow, by the way, Twitter, Amazon, Facebook, Google, any of these massive social media companies to control us, then there is a problem. Then we have a very serious problem because we're no longer the United States. United. Think about that. United States. It's not just a word. It means something. The United States. States of America, united, and we are not united right now. We need to be lawmakers, get a brain, get out there, start talking to your constituents, get together, stop dividing us. We are the United States of America, and that's where we need to be. Thank you so much for being here at The Sarah Carter Show. Remember to please subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get them. I don't care where you get them, but you got to subscribe. Once you, once you get there, subscribe. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. We read those reviews and give us a five-star rating because that's awesome. I love it when we see those five-star ratings. It's just so cool. And 
you know that I love all of you out there. I love you all. So I want to hear what you're going through. I want to hear what's happening in your homes. I want to hear what's happening with your children and if they're in school or not in school, um, because I'm right there with you. I'm, you know, the wife of a wounded veteran with lots of kids and we just, you know, new guide dogs and a house full of craziness. So I want to be there for you. I want you to be there for me. This is America. I love you. God bless. We are taking the story back. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.